Hello and good morning. Hey, it must be Monday. Because I'm Mike. And I'm Mary. And that's why we call this podcast... Mondays with Mike and Mary. It's our chance to reflect back on recent coaching calls and pick out some highlights for you. A parade of techniques and ask the experts question in hopes that they help you in your business too. And that you'll share them with other folks and spread the Wickman word. So We like to start with parade of techniques, so let's do that. Do you have a good one for us? Oh, I have a really good one for us. Okay. So I've got a student who has a past client. So she sold them a house. They referred her to someone else. Um, this is a bunch of, you know, over the last few years. And now they've put their house on the market. And here's what that client said to a mutual friend. Mm -hmm. I just don't understand what we're paying all that money for. What do you think she's doing for us? So mm. our student thought... Yeah. Hmm, I think I will go on a campaign to show them what they're getting for all their money. Yeah. And boy, is it working. So I think it might be something everyone is going to want to implement. Here's what she decided to do. You know, all the stuff that we do that nobody really knows that we do, all the emails we send with all the steps that other people have to do where we list things out and here's the next thing and we got to do this and let's make sure we... Oh, you mean like all the things an attorney bills you for? Right. <laughs> She started copying the client Ooh, on all of those messages. Perfect. And now she's aware as she's writing the message now that the audience is also the client. So she'll say, let's make sure we get this done by Friday. These are the four important things that we need to do to help the Wuchakowskis sell their house. And it's really, really working. So she heard, wow, you do all that. Oh, are we ever lucky that we've got you? <laughs> so it's happening. It's working. I wonder how many of our customers feel that way, but we've not heard that they feel that way. So might be a good campaign for all of us. Outstanding. What do you have for a parade of techniques, Michael? Well, I want to hearken back to those thrilling days of yesteryear. Oh, hearken back, shall yeah, we? Yeah, because, you know, we've talked a lot about how 590.10 is the capital T best way to help yourself make more calls. Does everybody know what a 590.10 is? Well, I certainly hope so. Well, we should do a five-second description. Sure. It's a prospecting partnership. You and someone else or some other people schedule the time to prospect for 90 minutes, and five minutes before you're to prospect, you touch base and share your idea. I'm going to call this many people, and here's my approach, and this is who I'm calling. And at the end of 90 minutes, after you've kept track, you touch base again with your partner and compare results. Here's how many conversations. Here's how many leads. Here's the results. And it's a way to help you make more calls. And yet still, People have what we call call reluctance. Yeah, there's some people that don't want to do a 590-10. Yeah. <clears throat> if so you've want... got one scheduled, you're doing it. But if you don't have one scheduled, there are probably weeks that go by you do not prospect effectively. Yes? So Floyd used to do a little shtick called the sound of failure. Oh, I, I, I remember, like, remember that? that. Yeah. Yeah. He'd take out a stack of three by five cards back in the day when we used to put leads on three by five cards. Remember that? Yeah. And like with a pen yeah. in handwriting. And he'd step up to the microphone and with this stack of cards in his hand, he'd say, this is what I've discovered is the sound of failure. 
somebody sitting at their desk, flipping through lead cards and not calling anybody. Right. So how do you overcome that? Well, 59010 is one way. And another way was our parade of techniques for this week. Ooh. Pick a letter of the alphabet. Just call everybody whose last name starts with that letter. Now, you probably don't have a lot of people whose last names start with Z or Q. So you're going to get through the alphabet in 24 weeks, take a two-week vacation, and then get through the alphabet a second time in the year. And this is a way to overcome that call, that looking at the card and saying, nah, they don't want to sell. No, I don't want to talk to those people. No, just flip the card over and call that number quick. Don't read the name. Don't read the reason why you're calling. No, just dial the number. And if you set yourself up to do, I'm doing all my A's this first week. Next week, I'll do the B's. Then, even if you come to an A and you talk yourself out of dialing it, you do know you have to call it before you get to the B's. That's right. So it forces you to finish what you start. That's at least a way to get through your database twice a year. Maybe more times. I like it. Yeah. That's very cool. Hey, I got an Ask the Experts. Wonderful. I can't wait to hear it. All right. So I've got an agent who's been selling about a year, and uh, her question was, how do I prepare a buyer, a first-time buyer, for, well, any buyer, for the inspection. How do I get them to see it from my point of view so that they're not asking the seller to do a million repairs that they already know the seller's not going to do? What the heck? And so she got some great advice, too. Um, beginning with the inspection report, preparation for the inspection report to the buyer begins at the CETO. Now, of course, all our Wickman friends know CETO means come, come into, into the, the office. And the O in office also means come into Starbucks, come into Panera Bread, come to a table, a location near you might not be an office. But you're going to have a sit down at the front end of every buyer appointment. And that's when that inspection is brought up for the first time that this is part of a transaction. It does not mean that the seller is going to fix anything at all. What it means is that you won't be buying a house that falls down around your ears the day after the closing. And I think what we have to remind our buyers, not just at the first time, but later on too, prior to the actual inspection, before we get the inspection report in our hot little hand, that sometimes those inspection reports are 84 pages because the guy that's charging you four or 500 bucks wants to make sure that you feel like you really got your money's worth. It, does, it is not a list of things for the seller to do. It is a list of things that you now know about prior to owning the home to make sure you don't end up having to spend $5,000 in the first 30 days because there's a hole in the roof, because there's mold all over the attic, because everything is right on the edge of breaking. So um, a couple of thoughts. Prepare at the CETO. That's when you start. This is not a list of, of repairs. And prepare this, the buyer for the worst. 
And that's that old Wickman dialogue, K-Y-F-C, which of course means... Keep your fingers crossed. And if you said that every time you talk to the buyer and every time you talk to the seller, between the moment you meet and the moment of the closing, you'd have fewer fall-throughs. So get out there and prepare them for the worst. An ounce of prevention. I love it. It's very smart. Well, my Ask the Experts had to do with open house. Ooh. Again. And so apparently they missed the podcast from last week when we talked about get the seller to write a letter to the buyers. Oh, yeah. That was such a good technique. Do it in pairs. Mm -hmm. Do a pricing comparison contest. You know, whoever comes closest. There's some great ideas there. But this, this particular Ask the Experts question was about, I'm a listing agent. And I'm having other agents hold open house for me. Oh, well, that's smart. And they're getting demoralized. Because? Because here's what they're saying. This is like a Sunday afternoon death sentence. <gasps> you know? <laughs> it's uh, uh, everybody who walks in is already being represented. Oh, my agent sent me. You know, when you know and I know. That's not the case. Oh, yeah. But that's what they're saying. They have certainly not signed buyer agency relationship agreements. Yeah. So it, they're kind of discouraged. Okay. So she, her question was, should I compensate them? Oh, um, pay them by the hour? Isn't it enough that they would get all the, the leads? Um, what should I do to really motivate these people to hold open house for me? Because I can't hold them all. That's a lovely question. So, are they talking to the people who walk into your open house? Oh, have you trained them to yeah, say hello? Exactly. Uh-huh. And to ask the six stock questions that are great conversation starters. Have you trained them to use Open Home Pro on a tablet to get people to sign in? Have you trained them to hand these people an agency agreement? Have you signed one of these with anybody? Maybe just for this house, they could get that. Um, yes, it is the luck of the draw sometimes, but have you trained them how to prepare for an open house, to put signage out, to talk to the neighbors, to write them thank you notes, to do all of those things that we know to do to to really impress the people who walk into your open house because it's it's not the open house. It's the hype. That's why you do it. It's uh, impressing people with who you are and how you do business. It's getting out there and being the realtor at work. But beyond that, there's two reasons to hold an open house. One is exposure. Obviously, exposure for the property, but exposure for you. But the number one reason is to build relationships. Isn't that what Book of Business is all about? It's to start, maintain, and build relationships with people, with a market, with a neighborhood, like human beings. Yeah, and along the way, boy, it wouldn't hurt to train your people who are holding open house for you in the buy-sell analysis. So they could end up getting some listing appointments out of it. If you don't know the buy-sell analysis, you need to get your body back through a program. That's what I'd have to say. And if there isn't a live one coming somewhere near you, 
jump into a live stream, but you got to increase your ability to convert leads into prospects and land appointments. Think about how many people come through that open house. Oh, we're working with an agent, but they have a house to sell and it's not even listed yet. Holy tamole. Yeah. And they, they were advised to ask this question when told, oh, we're working with an agent. Oh, was there an emergency that your agent couldn't come and show the house to you? Was there some kind of emergency? I thought that was a wonderful question, you know, because that shows the buyer who's walking around unescorted, uh, unrepresented, that their agent really isn't working for them. Oh, and I would say I can think of so many more questions <laughs> like, oh, did you bring one of their cards? Uh-huh. Uh, oh, so you're, you're working with them. Are they working with you? <laughs> you know. Anyway, yeah. have fun with it, right? You know, change the way you think. Change your attitude. That's really what it's about is take a different approach to holding open house. Love it. Yeah. yeah. So thank you for sharing these podcasts with your friends. And by the way, our R-squared semester starts next week. Oh, boy. So if you know somebody who needs coaching, I bet you do. You know somebody who needs to build a focus on their numbers, who needs some support and encouragement, who needs new, fresh ideas, and who needs some problems, obstacles, and challenges solved. Get them into R-squared, please. Have a wonderful week, everyone. Happy birthday, America. <laughs>